speed, agility, power. I'm a big fan of these things. All of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here. Handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion. folks welcome to another episode of roxy fever i am your host jackson mcdonald coming at you solo today because i recorded an interview segment earlier this week with longtime friend of the show daniel wagner that ended up being more than long enough to fill a full episode i had an amazing time talking to him about uh, some of the recent stuff he's put up over at pass to Bullis, his upcoming book as well as a weird piece of canucks history involving the late Queen Elizabeth II. So I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Here he is, Daniel Wagner. All right. As David Letterman might say, my next guest needs no introduction. You know him as the man behind Pastabulis, appearing in Vancouver is Awesome. It's Daniel Wagner. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well. That was a decent introduction for someone who doesn't need one. (laughs) (laughs) thank you we finally have some uh some canucks news to talk about it felt like uh a particularly long summer uh (laughs) in that regard at least for me um how how about yourself i mean you're the one who has to actually write on a consistent basis how how's the summer been for you it it wasn't too bad up until like a couple weeks ago I, i got to the point where i'm like okay now I'm running out of things to write about. I'm, I'm like, I'm finally like out of material or getting to that point. Uh, at one point, I literally just went like, hey, I found this old Pavel Bure video. That's an article. Sure. Yes. Nice. Why not? What was the video? <laughs> uh, it was a video from 1992. So it was nice. like after his rookie season, yeah. just kind of going like, hey, this guy was pretty neat. Do you agree? <laughs> but it but it was such a treat because it was literally from 1992. So it's all oh, these rocks. all this footage from his rookie season, and then like images of the fans wearing that early 90s fashion. It's just the pure nostalgia trip. Like you see, like quotes from like Greg Adams and all these. It was oh, just nice. kind of a fun little video. And people pointed out on Twitter like it was a VHS that you could oh, buy. Man, that's like, was, amazing. It was a two pack VHS and the video was only 10 minutes long. So (laughs) it was literally a VHS tape that lasted 10 minutes, but that was like back in the day when that was the only hockey highlights you could find was that and Rock'em Sock'em. Like you'd get all these VHS tapes and that, that was what you watched for (laughs) hockey highlights. You couldn't go on YouTube and just watch whatever you wanted. So I heard from people on Twitter that were saying, oh, yeah, I wore that video out, rewatching it over and over again. And so it was just kind of a neat little nostalgia trip. And yeah, that was kind of the result of, man, I'm out of stuff to write about. But it yeah. ended up being pretty neat. Like <laughs> That is cool. A, yeah. A Sometimes I, I, when I used to have to uh, before I just decided to uh, have a podcast where I could do whatever I want and I used to have to write uh, like off season content. Sometimes I actually almost relished the opportunity because it was you get to write about stuff that you don't that it's simply just too busy to write about during the regular season or the playoffs. You get to like 
dive into those weird, the weird little like minutia like that. Um, I, I'm a little too young to remember this, but apparently, uh, they used to do this thing called like the Canucks family carnival or something like that, uh, in the early nineties. And a friend of mine told me he went with it when his dad, with his, went to it with his dad when he was like five or six, like in the early nineties or whatever. And he got to dunk Pavel Bure in a dunk tank, <laughs> which is amazing. incredible. Can yeah. you imagine, can you imagine them doing that now? Putting Absolutely like a multi-million not. dollar player in a dunk tank. It's apparently, <laughs> I mean, apparently that was, that was Pat Quinn, like his oh, whole, uh, you know, got to, got to give back to the community thing. It, a real gem, but, uh, that's enough. Uh, that's the time on, uh, 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 you know, not early nineties, uh, Canucks <laughs> minutia. Um, w- well, with the, w- given that you were, uh, at the point in the off season where you, where you were running out of things to read, I guess you were, you must have at least been happy that JT Miller inked his, uh, long-term deal. If not because of the deal itself, because it was just something else to talk about content my goodness finally (laughs) yeah uh yeah it was definitely interesting timing too i like it came i believe the deal came down on the friday before a long weekend yeah that's right that was just wonderful timing great thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) i saw people like were were going oh well why why isn't anybody writing about this like why aren't there a bunch of articles about this because it's like it's the late on friday on a long weekend my yeah, guy labor day weekend too <laughs> like the weekend, weekend where where everyone is like oh shit summer's over we better do something <laughs> we have so, yeah we have four more days to enjoy ourselves you know yeah like i was uh, like i i had written an article earlier that day about brock besser because he went on a, a podcast with some of his uh old buddies from university like oh, the, wow. they have a, a podcast called the has beans podcast oh that's funny which great great concept it's these like old college hockey players well not that old but like sure who Former their careers didn't go anywhere yeah, so they're totally. they're the has been so but they have all these connections to all these professional hockey players and all these interesting people that they can bring on the podcast so it's a pretty fun listen actually and so besser went on there and they were just ragging on each other and it was just great to hear some good old-fashioned hockey chirping again (laughs) yeah absolutely just ripping into each other for oh yeah i was there for one of the only two goals you scored in your entire career it was a miracle it's just ah good stuff i miss that stuff yeah absolutely (laughs) but then Uh, like i was i was like done for the day i'm like okay i've written this i've done some other research for some other stuff okay i'm done for the day oh jt miller signed (laughs) (laughs) great yeah and and I mean this uh, this front office has been kind of keeping their cards close to the vest. We're not seeing a lot of leaks from this front office. Not a lot is getting out. So there was just no warning that it was happening. None. I didn't just, even. The, if this had been uh, if 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 this had been Jim Benning that signed this deal, I feel like we would have known uh, like a week before. There would have been at least. Have some been kind like of leak. some yeah. sort of report that yeah. oh the the two sides are talking again, right? Because what what happened was like they had talked prior to the draft and had tried to get some sort of deal done, um, and then they didn't talk for the entire off season, mm-hmm. and then they just reconnected like a week before signing the deal and and hammered it out. So like there was just months and months of literally nothing and. 
the only thing that we heard from either side was, well, yeah, we're pretty far apart. And like, that's not media speculation. That's what they said. They said that they were so far apart that the offer that was on the table just from the Canucks wasn't going to be enough. Miller's camp wanted more than the Canucks were willing to, to give him. And so there was no sign whatsoever that they were going to get something done. And then just out of nowhere, Friday before Labor Day weekend, <laughs> Labor Day long weekend, here you go, JT Miller contract. I mean, it, it, it was really interesting timing um, for Miller as well, because, you know, he just had a kid. <laughs> like, just yeah. everything kind of happened all at once. Interesting. Like, I, you know, it's funny because people have mentioned that, but when you say it like that, it, it's almost like, Oh, maybe that has more to like do with it than I actually realized, you know, like, well, yeah, maybe, maybe he's, you know, you have a kid, you start to think even more about your future. Obviously that was his third child. It's not like he was having his first kid and just kind of being slammed in the face with like, Oh my goodness, like life Mm. has meaning. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, it wasn't that (laughs) kind of grand experience, but like, you know, it's his first son as well. And maybe he's looking at that going, well, I got three kids now. I need to set myself up for the yeah, future. Yeah, it might be more of a Jesus, another one uh, situation <laughs> than, uh, than a like, oh, I, I have to be an adult now or whatever. Like I could, no. I could definitely see like, just, you know, you're, you're thinking about, oh, maybe I can go to market and get nine or, you know, maybe I can get, you know, maybe I can see if I can grind these guys for another, for, for the full uh, the full term or whatever. And then, you know, another kid and you just look around and you're like, ah, eh, bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, and, and you start yeah. to look at like, where do I want to be for the next eight years of my life Yeah, with, with a family, you know, like obviously in the summer, he's going to be going back home, but like mm-hmm. during the season, he seems to like Vancouver quite a bit, you know? And it's not a terrible place if you've got money. <laughs> no, yeah, certainly not. Like it's 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 one of the it's certainly one it's certainly one of the nicer Canadian cities to live in, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, you know, I I've always considered Vancouver to be like a a mid-tier NHL city at worst. Like it's still yeah. you got the beautiful coastline and it doesn't get too hot, it doesn't get too cold. And yeah, if you've got money, then you're golden if you don't have or, money then it's, it's yeah. another story but but you like you if you if he goes to free agency then yeah he gets to choose where he signs but you got a lot of factors that that could you could end up going to a place that's maybe not exactly right and he knows vancouver he knows the team he knows the players he knows the front office like there's a lot of familiarity there mm-hmm. and you know he, he bounced around to a few teams earlier in his career jumping from the rangers to the lightning to the canucks maybe he just wants to settle down and be in one place for the rest of his career and he got yeah. the he got the no move so uh well, yeah the no least, trade or yeah, no trade for the first uh four yeah. years i believe and then so and that's some stability of, <laughs> for sure it's it's exactly you've got the stability and uh depending on how he performs over the next uh several years <laughs> Several <laughs> that could maybe considered a, a no trade for the entirety of the contract. Yes. <laughs> in, Classic in Canucks move. Yeah. Um, that brings me to what is, I think maybe my favorite headline of the off season. Certainly one of them. Uh, this is an article you posted about uh, just four or five days ago. 
uh in in vancouver is awesome called uh if not win now jt miller contract at least means it's win soon time for all vince canucks um i uh i've only had the chance to skim this a little bit but uh i do think it's funny that uh any anyone would push back at all on the idea that the canucks basically have to be a win now team if they're signing a deal like this a deal that i i keep having to remind myself doesn't even kick in until 2023 yes it doesn't kick in until uh miller is 30 yeah yeah that's quite the you know i mean how how he's i i'm i'm the same age as jt miller so i don't like just constantly (laughs) referring to him oh he's so old but like (laughs) i mean we we know that you know by the time you hit he i you know generously he could he could have five more really good years in him you know until you know, you know maybe he pulls 34. a pavelski who knows maybe you know uh, but we're they're gonna be paying him until he's in his late 30s and yes. there are not many players that uh stay as good as they are through uh years 29 to 37 yeah and i and i just want to be clear like this is not a bad contract like no in a vacuum you're talking about a guy who did score 99 points. He's been better than a point per game player over the last three seasons. Those types of players sign this type of contract. The question yeah. is whether the Canucks are the team that should have signed him to that contract. Cause that's the type of contract you sign when you're a team that their playoff window, their cup window is either already open or they know it's opening now. And you know that over the next few years, you're going to get, good hockey out of this player and he's going to be good value for his contract and you just kind of deal with the back end of it later because you're trying to maximize a stanley cup window i don't think that's the position that the canucks are in right now but they have to get there in a hurry or this contract is going to look really bad that this is funny because i feel like i could i could peel off in two different directions because of that response but um i'll go with the one that is more personally satisfying to me which is uh you sort of alluded to uh the kind of questionable overall makeup of the team and that brings me to um another slightly newer article uh that also has a very good headline which is (laughs) The Canucks don't seem too worried about the state of their defense, which is uh, a a very funny, like, um, I guess uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, but it's just like, um, uh, there's an implied like second half to the headline. That's like, maybe they should be, or should they be? Yeah. I don't know. I've been trying to get better at headlines, you know? Yes. Trying, I'm, I'm trying to like have some personality in a headline while still having, you know, that search engine optimization. You got to yes. have the SEO. Yes. Gotta have those keywords in there. But I, I don't just want to like have a, a, a headline that's just, hey, here's things people want to click on. It's like, no, yeah. I want to uh, have yeah. a little personality in there, right? Yes. Yeah, there's definitely an implication to that headline <laughs> that the defense is a cause for concern. And if they're not concerned, should we be concerned about that? Yes. <laughs> um, but but it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting perspective that Alvin kind of gave. He, he was just, he's, he's basically said like, are we going to make any more changes? I guess you never know. That was like his exact quote. I guess you never sure. know. We're still looking at all our options. Yeah. 
You know, I'm happy with the defense group we have. I think when everybody's healthy, I think we're a very competitive team. Now, what that tells me is that, no, he's not happy <laughs> with the defense. <laughs> he literally said, I'm happy with the defense group we have. Sure. When everybody's healthy. Oh, boy, that means you're not actually happy with the defense group you have because not everybody's going to be healthy. That's not how hockey works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, without without outing the person in question, a mutual acquaintance of mine uh, of ours, sorry, I think uh, said that when someone when you hear a general manager say this, uh, what that really means is the prices were too high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anytime think, someone says we're still looking at all our options, that means you've been looking at a lot of options and they just you haven't had the opportunity to take advantage of any of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like, yeah, the defense is an issue. <laughs> the defense yeah, is definitely I'm, an issue. What else could you really say? I mean, I guess the the thing that the 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 sort of pro pro positivity crowd or whatever would say is that I guess if if anyone knows how to have a functional uh nhl team with only one good defenseman it's probably <laughs> jim rutherford and patrick allman um and, yeah. and i mean that's that is still i think underselling um like i still think the you know uh mid 2010s pittsburgh penguins had a better defense than the canucks do right now but well yeah it's not <laughs> it, it was still it was you know, if you squint, you could be like, well, you know, yeah, they really only had one sure. good guy, too, I guess. But. Sure. And so and as long as you have like prime era Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the, yeah, that uh, is also, I guess, a uh, a, a, a fair distinction to make. Uh, the Canucks don't have like the two best players in the league on their team. Yeah, um, unfortunately. Yeah, you know. it would be nice. Um now, like the thing with the Canucks right now is like if they can make do with a mediocre defense, like that's mm. fine. If they have a, a good forward unit, like good forwards that have quality depth, and I think the wingers that they added are going to at least make them a, a team with a little more scoring depth than yeah. last season. Um, they they might not be like one of the best forward groups in the league that's fine. I think they'll do fine. I think their power play will be very effective still, but, but you can make do with a mediocre defense. If you have elite goaltending and Thatcher Demko is uh, incredible, but like if he falters at all and goaltenders, you know, they have a tendency to do that unexpectedly, then the Canucks are in big trouble, but, but like you can make do with a mediocre defense if you've got elite goaltending. And so they can maybe get away with not, upgrading their defense because they did nothing they did nothing on defense like, yeah they, literally <laughs> it's not, nothing maybe it's not that they didn't like make a like Danny a huge Kaiser, move. maybe like <laughs> no we'll, like that's you know. a, a pto <laughs> yeah. a pto for a guy who has is been washed for you know three or four seasons uh that's you know that's a veteran who's going to play in the preseason and unless he's incredible is not going to make the team yeah now, like, like when I wrote about it, I, the other thing I pointed out is like, you know, you bring in a veteran because he's going to push your young players, sure. you know, because yeah. you don't want to just hand Jack Rathbone a spot in the lineup. You no, know, you, you want to be like, here. remember this guy? He used to be good. Uh, I'll perform him, you know, you know yeah, him, exactly. Yeah. Earn this job. You he's know, that, be better that's than what him. you tell. Yeah. Exactly. And, and hope if Rathbone can't be better than Danny DeKaiser, then he's not an NHLer. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's probably that's fair it. um so you bring in that competition you bring in a guy on a pto maybe you bring in 
another guy I, I don't know who's still out there that they yeah. could bring in on a PTO, but sure, bring in a couple of guys because you need some veterans because they're you need to have at least eight veterans or like a recent first round pick in has, every single preseason game. Has PK Subban signed yet? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I haven't seen anything. I about haven't it. seen anything. I feel like I would have heard about it if he had. Yeah. Like, there's a guy maybe, you can bring him in on a pto <laughs> that'd be cool <laughs> the, the question is 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 that a guy who's willing to sign a pto or yeah, is he does he want to hold out for like a quality offer yeah at least a a real a real offer yeah probably i would think that's if i was him that's what i would want to do but you never know he's his stock has fallen considerably over the past little yes long. he i think he can still be an effective player but yeah, he's just not that top pairing defenseman that he once was. You suffer, I think, a little bit when, you know, like if you were if you were going to look at all the defensemen in the league and say, you know, the, this is the group of defensemen with contracts. Is P.K. Subban good enough to be one of these defensemen? I think there's no question that the answer is yes. But I think I think you suffer a lot when you play out like multiple years on a deal where you're making way too much money and it kind of, it, it it sort of uh, accentuates the, how bad your, your, your deal makes you look worse than you are, I guess is is how I would put it. Absolutely. And and it doesn't do wonders for your reputation. And and Canucks fans know all about that. Like (laughs) we we know all about how bad uh, players can look when their deals are, so massively above what you know it, you would expect from a player like that exactly you mentioned Thatcher Demko a minute ago and um I was I was perusing uh an, uh another article you wrote that's just called who is the best player on the Vancouver Canucks which is a good question and I was actually very surprised at the results of the Twitter poll that you posted um, yes <laughs> because I feel like everyone like the 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 consent manufacturing machine has been out in full force um telling me that jt miller is the canucks best player well Um, patrick alvin has been saying it all all summer certainly yeah like that's that's (laughs) it's come from them i've heard it from some fans i've i've definitely heard it from some media um as we mentioned on our last episode chris gear uh at least like implied this i don't know if he said it outright but i but he he certainly at least implied it um but he actually came in last in your yes. twitter poll <laughs> which is kind of shocking to me honestly and it tell it actually tells me that the well at least the the canucks fans who follow you have a have their finger on the pulse thatcher yes. demko came first it's not which... exactly like a a, a necessarily representative sample of the entirety of Canucks fans. Yes. Uh, But I mean, it got over 2,500 votes. So So that's certainly a large sample. It's a large sample. It just happens to be the people who see my tweets on their timeline. Yes, exactly. It's a self-selecting group. (laughs) Whose opinions might be a little biased. (laughs) Yes. Um, But uh, it's, I, the results are interesting because, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've been having this discussion with a lot of people recently. It's been like kind of a fun argument to get into because the I I guess the way I would look at it is if you're just going based off of purely last year, I think you have to go Thatcher Demko because he literally had the best even strength percentage in the uh, save percentage in the league. 
Um, yeah, he he carried the Canucks at, at even strength. And so, you know, there's a lot of different there's a lot of different metrics you can use. But um, I often also say that if you look at uh, scoring by defensemen, Quinn Hughes uh, is actually higher up the defenseman scoring rankings than rankings than JG Miller is for forwards. Um, yeah. So the real uh, the real surprise for me here is that Elias Patterson came in second because <laughs> Um, I mean, some of that has to be, uh, like the lack of control group, I guess you could say. Um, but it, it's, it's fascinating to me because, um, he did not have a good start to the year and people were really negative oh, about the daggers were out know, like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it was, it was like harsh. I thought it was harsh. Well, and, and I think it's and because I love to get I, I'm the first person to bring daggers out. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do. Uh, Pedersen set the bar so high in his first two seasons. Like uh, he, he established himself as a, a player who had the potential to be one of the best players in the league. And so it, it's like not living up to your contract. Like we talked mm-hmm. about earlier with PK Subban. Uh, you're talking about a player who wasn't living up to the sky high expectations that he had set for himself in uh in vancouver uh fans were expecting him to be like a a guy who was a point per game at the very least who was a a guy who could compete with the likes of connor mcdavid and nathan mckinnon like that was the expectations for elias petterson now maybe those expectations were too high we and the media is is partly responsible for that (laughs) Uh, before last season i wrote an article like arguing that he had a case for being the best player in canada yeah Um, and i mean and and it was an analytics argument and it was based on him being better defensively than guys like Connor McDavid and and Austin Matthews and and that'll be interesting it'll be interesting to to follow that thread because Pedersen was quite bad defensively this year at least by like the metrics and you can argue he he got better as the season progressed certainly as everything kind of did yeah so it'll be interesting to see over a full season like not just from a numbers perspective even just from mm. watching him, like yeah. one thing that w- you saw all the time in his first two seasons, especially his rookie season, he just came in and did this all the time. He would go down to one knee and like lay out a stick on the ice in the neutral zone to block passes just out <laughs> yeah. of nowhere. Like he, yeah. he would go all out to take the puck away in the neutral zone and just do things that I hadn't seen other players do. Like you don't usually see a guy making like, it, it was like, a, a play that you'd see a defenseman make around the crease to block a cross crease pass, but he was using it in the neutral zone to block like a breakout pass or, or a cross uh, cross zone pass and, and like picking off the puck and suddenly turning it back the other way. Yeah. You didn't see that at all from him to start last season. And some of that is confidence. You have to be so aware and tuned in to what is going on on the ice and be so confident in your reads to do something like, you know, going to one knee on the ice, you're, you you don't want to leave your feet at any point because, you know, skates are what drives you down the ice. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to be so confident in your reads and knowing what the other player is going to do in order to do that kind of play. And he just had zero confidence. 
And, and part of that is maybe that lingering wrist injury. Like he still mm. had it taped up to start the season. Maybe it's missing training camp and taking some time to gear up. Uh, for some reason, the chemistry with JT Miller and Brock Besser just wasn't there. So yeah, really strange. That really can shake confidence when the chemistry that you previously had just it, it seems to be gone. And so you didn't see it for a long time, but towards the second half of the season, you started to see him making those reads, making those defensive plays and starting to pick off the puck more consistently. And, and it just seemed to all kind of go together. Once he got his confidence back and was starting to score more goals, was starting to put up more points, that complete game aspect, that two way game started to come back too. And it's interesting too, because like normally when you see a player go through a, a scoring slump, what people will say is like, oh, focus on the little details, focus on the two-way game, focus on the stuff away from the puck. But it all fell apart for Pedersen. Yeah. Like it wasn't just his offensive game, his two-way game suffered too, but it all kind of came back at once. It all came back as a package. And so if he can get off to a much better start and he got off to a, a great start in his first two seasons, like his yeah. start, he was on fire in both of those first two seasons. So if he can capture that again and come in with the type of confidence that he had going into those seasons where he believed like, no, I'm going to be one of the best players in the league. Like the sky's the limit for him. And I think that's why fans in that poll uh, voted that he was the best player or a better player than Miller because they, they see that potential. It's not just based on what he did last year. They go, no, no, he's got the skill, the talent to be, an elite player in the NHL. Yeah, well, I was surprised checking uh, checking over the. Uh, uh, I believe the guy's name is Patrick Bacon. I, sh- I should have checked that between the, the episodes, but he's the uh, he's the guy who does the war model that Jay Fresh uses. Okay, and I was taking a look at at that, and um, his, his model listed um, Elias Pettersson as as I think being a sl- like slightly higher wins above replacement player than he, than JT Miller actually, or at least like they were very, very close. And I thought that was, that was so interesting. And I, I wonder if it's maybe just because of like how Miller, um, how, how much of Miller's uh, offense is kind of, I guess what you call like empty calorie offense or whatever, but yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot on the power play, but like he's pretty effective on the power play. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing, right? Like it's, things up. You know, and it's he not had like a lot it, of secondary assists. I'll say yeah, that. That's as well. the that's kind of the the biggest yeah. one. But um I, I also think the the other thing uh that Pedersen is really good at that like war takes into consideration a lot more than I think the average person does is uh drawing penalties, like penalty yes. differential. And, that's and always taking, the thing that, taking penalties as well, putting yes, putting exactly team, yeah uh down so, a man you know, I mean, there's, there's things, there's, there's certainly a case to be made um, that, and I, I would actually, I would, with odds, I'd probably put money on Elias Pettersson being their best player in the future. I just thought it was very interesting that people were willing to, so many people were willing to just say that uh, after yeah. kind of the season that he had. It, it shows, I think, uh, 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 like a, it 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 casts your followers in a positive light you know <laughs> yeah. yeah like yeah. uh that that they're able to take a macro view on that but um yeah. uh, but speaking of war models guess which uh player had the best war on the canucks last season according to evolving hockey Ooh, i mean it would have to be 
Demko, wouldn't it? Just it would, well, okay. or, or is it just? Uh, I'm not scares. counting goaltenders because that's not fair. Sure. <laughs> goaltenders right. yes. always okay. end up with a, uh, a higher I, war I, than all the skaters. I ha- I I don't know. I, I it's I, Connor Garland. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Connor Garland. Uh, the, the the issue for Connor Garland is that he's his finish is just completely lacking. Yeah. He tries way too often to score on just appalling angles yeah <laughs> and sometimes yeah, it works certainly. and i think that's actually bad for him because it encourages him to do it more to keep doing um, that yeah <laughs> keep Garland, doing it but Garland like his puck, possession, his puck possession game is just utterly dominant yeah i was i was very much on team like uh trade miller and give garland those minutes and see what happens um, <laughs> i would love to see garland on the first power play unit at some Definitely. point but yeah. uh there's just no room for him now, especially with Miller here. And yeah. I mean, I, I was long on the uh, trade JT Miller train, Certainly. not because I don't like him as a player or that I think he's bad or that I no. don't like him as a person or anything like that. No, no. You know, I just think that they could have gotten some of the pieces that they need in order to become a cup contender. It always and just feels like, when are they finally going to just, just the timing? Yeah. You know, it's like, when are they finally just going to trade a guy? on an expiring contract who's worth a lot you know like it just yeah. feels like they've never done it like i can't remember that when was the last time they did that like oh man that's a good question well, i mean ryan kessler <laughs> yeah sort of. kessler i guess sort of yeah. yeah but even then the return was weird it was um, a weird and, return. Uh, that's 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 a topic for another podcast. Yeah, don't <laughs> and i don't want to spend too much time on this but you're better connected than i am and i am just gonna ask like there there's no chance they trade Bo Horvat, right like I don't think so I uh, I don't think so I think they like him too much uh they they started giving him penalty killing time at the end of last season and he actually was much better than he'd been before so they probably see him as kind of an essential player I think that he's just way too valuable on the power play. I don't think he gets anywhere near enough credit for how good he is on the power play. Um, Cause he, his goal scoring rate is top tier, like high end power play scoring rate. And, and a part of it is because you've got that threat from Pedersen on the right side. And Miller is excellent at kind of opening up that, that passing lane into the bumper. But I think they see him as far too valuable. They value him as a leader. Um, I don't see it happening. I don't think they're going to trade him. I, I don't know how they're going to fit a contract extension for him and actually improving the team over the next several years, but I, I don't think they're going to trade him. Yeah. It seems like a, it certainly seems like it would be a PR issue too. So yeah, I don't see it happening either. Um, all right. Let's let's take a stroll down memory lane, because the reason I invited <laughs> you on is because, uh, as I'm sure basically everyone in the world now knows, uh, earlier this week, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II uh, died at the age of nine. What? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Terribly gone too, inappropriate. Gone too soon. <laughs> um, I did see somebody. It was very funny. <laughs> that was that said, I think it was a person on TikTok that said, yeah, I saw someone say Queen Elizabeth RIP gone too soon. How, how she was 96. How about Queen Elizabeth RIP right on time? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, there's a uh, there's a uh, uh, another funny headline of yours, which is uh, 
why did Queen Elizabeth II drop the puck in a Canucks game? And the reason why I say it's funny is because initially when I uh, when I read it, of course, it was it came it came up, I believe, on the day that she died. And uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, it, this, that's an interesting, you know, little bit of Canucks uh, lore and history or whatever. But now reading it again, it, it almost seems like a rhetorical question, as in, like, why would you why did this happen? Question mark? <laughs> like, and so I, I, I almost a very strange on, thing. <laughs> yeah, I almost clicked on it expecting this, like, you know, anti-monarchist invective, like, why did this happen? You know, and then I was like, oh, OK. Well, I, I, I see. Uh, yes, it's a very it's, it is a good question. Why did Queen Elizabeth II drop the puck at a Canucks game? And um, there's a we like to do for the Patreon what we call heritage minutes. And um, this would have been a great candidate because it's got uh, all kinds of little fun details in the story. So um, let's take a trip down memory lane here. And why don't you just set the scene of how when and how this came to be? Okay, so one of my favorite parts of this uh, is that it was a preseason game. Yeah, <laughs> they had Queen Elizabeth II and a like in this massive ceremony come out for a preseason game <laughs> between the Vancouver Canucks and San Jose Sharks. Yes, what? A, uh, that's that's my favorite part is that yeah, this was really not fun. this was not like a, a an important game. This was the last preseason game before the start of the 2002-2003 season. Mm -hmm. um, so the Queen was touring the Commonwealth for her Golden Jubilee, like the 50th year or 50th anniversary as yes. Queen. Mm -hmm. And so Canada was the final stop on her tour. And uh, of course, she has to give a little tip of the crown to, to hockey. Of course. Because that's what you do. And like, it's... It's a PR move. It's a propaganda statement. Course, you yeah. get the photo opportunity. Uh, you know, all the Canadians go, oh, look at her. She likes hockey. No, she doesn't. She's <laughs> She doesn't like anything. Her, her job <laughs> is literally to show up places and uh, be pleasant. Yes. You know, right. that, that's that's basically her job. That, that was one of my favorite things, too, is like uh, in the wake of her passing, I saw, you know, a lot of people were saying, uh, unpleasant things about her and sure, then people yeah. respond with it's like well hey you know she she ended up in a job that she didn't ask for but she had all this responsibility and she <laughs> uh, she carried herself with dignity and and did her job yeah uh, as what job yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it's that's what i want to know like really what job, job do you yeah. what job was she doing like yeah. really i'm 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 uh i'm i'm reminded of a uh an old i remember just for laughs used to be on like right before school when i was a, a kid and a teenager and i would like i'd I'd put it on like while i was getting ready and i always just remembered uh there's a british comedian named john maloney not okay john maloney not, not maloney yeah john yep. maloney um a british comedian who's very funny who yeah he made a quip about that like that's 20 years almost 20 years ago now or whatever yeah. just being like people people always say you know oh the queen looks so good yeah you'd look great too if you sat around all day doing fuck all <laughs> <laughs> it's like did she take sick days from her job yeah i know it's, it's... how many vacation days did her job give her yeah, yeah. what were her Very benefits funny. for her job do, do yes. you think she celebrated labor day you know, <laughs> yeah took the day off for from her 
job. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> job was my favorite word in that whole whole thing that I that I saw pop up. I'm like, that's okay. She dead, had yeah. she had responsibilities. Sure, I guess all the people, job? you know, all the people uh, uh, making fun of her or dancing on her grave, or whatever. These are some these are some deeply anti worker takes. It's kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it exactly. It's like what? Don't you respect? the laborers like yeah. I, <laughs> yeah what's with all these all these like socialists and communists who are like uh, just slamming one of one of your own yeah a worker a worker <laughs> yeah yeah that's <sighs> great yeah yeah she should have owned owned her own means of production that's right, that's right. yes anyways at the she she should have owned the the uh the queening factory <laughs> So anyway, so yeah. she is, uh, she, she was like the first uh, member of the royal family to visit none of it, I think, like none of it oh, had interesting. become a, a proper territory between the last time a royal had visited Canada. And then anyway, so after none of it, she comes to Vancouver and she spends most of her time in Victoria, you know, visiting with the politicians and such. Certainly. And uh, but one of her big events her big pr thing is going on the ice for this game and dropping a puck for the ceremonial face-off um and so she comes out on the ice and they like literally froze the red carpet to the ice so that it wouldn't slip and slide at all because they were really concerned about this because you can't touch the queen right she has to initiate any contact so if she slips and falls you are not allowed to catch her i guess which seems weird yeah (laughs) Um, so she's walking, she's escorted by Wayne Gretzky. So you get the little f- nice photo op of oh, Queen of Elizabeth yeah. and, and hockey royalty, Wayne Gretzky. It would be and... really funny. Like Vancouver fans are, I think by and large, like too nice for this, but it would be really funny if, uh, like Wayne, Wayne Gretzky, I guess is a little too beloved, but like he is, I think, I don't, I believe no player has scored more points against a team than Gretzky has against the Canucks. <laughs> like, I believe he holds the record. So what was really funny if they just came out, they just, they were just booing, but they were booing just Gretzky. Booing Who cares Gretzky. about the queen? Boo it would have been really funny if Gary Batman came out. With it. Cause oh, then they definitely would have. Like, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that uh, would be so No, funny. it would have been it would, the, the best thing possible is if uh, Gretzky and the queen had been in the back of a pickup truck driving to the right. <laughs> Yes. A little 2010 Olympics nod for you. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I uh, do love, to- I, I may be, I may be jumping ahead a little bit, but I, I do love that Trent Clatt went on record saying he <laughs> thought it was a distraction. Yep. That's because yeah. everyone talks about uh, Owen Nolan and we'll get to that when we want to get yes. to that. But like, he didn't really, he didn't like say anything like Trent Clatt just with the most like hockey reason to not want the queen at your game. Like, <laughs> yeah there's there was more to that quote too i didn't put in the article but he's yeah he's like i don't don't want to say it doesn't mean anything but i think it's a distraction we're trying to get ready for the hockey season like this is the last game of the preseason we're trying to like really get this is an important game for us i love that (laughs) like he was 100 percent in hockey mode that is sort of like a back a very like low-key burn on the queen of like (laughs) of like look yeah okay yeah she's the queen that's great and stuff but like this is the last preseason game <laughs> yeah it's earlier important. i said like this is yeah. not an important game it's yeah. literally a preseason game no trent clatt cares about this game this is so important to him yeah he uh, offered to drive her to the airport so that she wouldn't show up 
Oh my goodness. So yeah, she, she walks down the red carpet. Uh, nice detail too, is they, they've got two members uh, from team Canada's gold medaling gold medal mm. teams from ah, the Olympics. Yes. Yes. You've got Cassie Campbell and you've got Ed Jovanovsky. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> Ed Jovanovsky, I guess, was the only member of uh, of Team Canada that was on either the Canucks or the Sharks. So he was sense. already going to be there. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, he played in that game, by the way. Yeah. And, and in fact, scored the, the first goal of the game. Like he was oh, nice. literally in dress pants and, and dress shoes and his Team Canada jersey at his gold medal and everything. And so he bolted off of the ice down the red carpet. And Trying as to they get were changed before the first. <laughs> as, yeah. As they're cleaning yeah. up like the red carpet and everything, getting it unstuck from the ice, he's changing into his Canucks gear. That's Apparently, great. when he scored the goal, like the, the Queen and, and uh, Prince Philip were. We're like, oh my goodness, like that's great. Did you how quickly did he get changed? <laughs> like they were that, that's, that's like the like, thing that they found. Yeah, the Cassie Campbell was like in in the oh no, Cassie Campbell wasn't in the box. Uh who was in the box with him? Gordon Campbell, Premier Oh BC Premier Gordon Campbell was oh, in of there. Of course, yes. Uh and Wayne Gretzky was with him as well. I think Cassie Campbell might have been up there too, actually. That's uh that's very funny. Um, but yeah, so like they I, were, in fairness, like, oh my goodness, Ed Jovanovsky, he scored. We've they, met him. They are <laughs> they are royals. They may have just been impressed that someone got changed on their own, like without a handler. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, yes. But, um, uh, yeah, all right. So yeah, they, they drop drops the puck for uh, Marcus Nasland, of course, the captain of, course. of the Vancouver Canucks, and Mike Ricci. Who is uh, not the captain of the sharks? No, incorrect. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, this is this is where it gets interesting because the captain of the sharks was Owen Nolan, and Owen Nolan was born in Belfast. Yes, and specifically, I I, to, I looked to the to south. an Irish Irish Catholic family in yes. Belfast. I lived uh, on the. Uh, I mean, he lived in uh, Ireland for about or Northern Ireland rather for about seven months or something, but his family lived uh, on the falls road, like the Catholic uh, hotbed of Northern Ireland, which is not majority Catholic, but Uh, yeah. And still a lot of family there too. Yes. uh, uh, Something I read, I read an interview with him in preparation for this. He said he had something like, like, 60 cousins or something back in Ireland, like 60 living relatives <laughs> yes. back in Ireland. So. And, and not all of them on uh, the clean side of the law, shall we say? Sure. Yeah. So, so yes, Owen Nolan was the captain of the San Jose Sharks and he wasn't there. Um, he played the night before for the Sharks <laughs> and, but he doesn't make the trip to Vancouver. And what's very interesting is that there are two stories uh, from the Sharks' side as to why he wasn't there. One is that it was a coach's decision. The that coach did, didn't want him to, to put him in the lineup. Right. The other is that he was resting a bad back, so he was injured. Mm-hmm. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. I don't believe either of those stories, especially because, especially because like those are two contradicting stories, really. Yes. Like, is it a coach's decision because he had a bad back? It's like, that that's not how you say that yeah that's not how it works yeah you know and and that's a player's decision yes like, and all uh, the articles at the time too like there was always like a bit of a wink and a nod yeah to like uh you know mike ricci taking the place of owen nolan an irish republican like it was always just kind of like a wink yeah. to the real reason why he wasn't there 
the good kind of Republican. Well, yes, uh, <laughs> the Irish Republican, yes. not not the other, not the other one. Yeah, I I uh, I did think this was kind of funny because it's it's very hockey to just be like, oh yeah, he's hurt. He, he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't want to play or whatever. But yeah, like I um I believe you you found a quote from um uh from like the province at the time uh that uh, or no it was the North, North Shore, Shore News. News. North Shore News. It was. it was a it was a writer who who knew someone who was hand like helping with the security for the visit and there were like a bunch of he had a, he had some connections and he got some quotes and things that basically his understanding was that it was exactly what it seemed Owen Nolan was not going to be part of any PR stunt for the Queen of England and the exact quote mm. is like I'm told that Nolan simply refused to take part in any ceremony with the monarch of a country that has held his <laughs> homeland in chains for 800 years the a very yeah, that's that's the kind of thing you say when you're totally speculating. Um, oh yeah, one hundred percent speculation. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't even... sound like a direct quote at all. <laughs> even though he used uh, quote marks around chains. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, Nolan too. Uh, funnily enough, uh, we were talking about PTOs earlier. He signed a PTO with the he Canucks uh, like back like ten years ago or so. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was definitely not obsessive enough to be paying attention to the preseason back then. But um, I don't know. I, I, I look at that and I, I kind of wonder I, to myself a little bit like, Oh, what could have been? Cause like he was certainly like, I, I don't think he had played for a year or something, but like his numbers were, were pretty good right up until the end. And then he went yeah. and played in Switzerland and his numbers were really good there too. And uh, it's just this part of me that's like, Oh, that would have been, that would have been interesting. If nothing else. It would have uh, been kind of fun to have. Yeah. Owen Nolan be a Canuck for a season that'd be kind of neat yeah Grania would get to have a new favorite player (laughs) that would be cool (laughs) well and like Mike Ricci too like has to step in and take the face off with the queen the greasiest guy in NHL history (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) absolutely uh he he literally like combed his hair and then tucked it in the back of his jersey yes so that he would look neat and tidy and he put his false teeth in so that he could (laughs) smile without having a big gap like oh it's such a great (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's great oh man Uh, that's like sending that's like if they did it now and they're like uh and it's like brent burns will be (laughs) (laughs) taking the ceremonial face off with the queen that's amazing. Uh, then then one of the best things that came out of it, too, in my opinion, is like, okay, the queen drops the puck. Marcus Nasland wins the face-off, you know, yeah. the ceremonial face-off goes. And he, like, hand, hands her the puck. And, like, she goes, like, wait, I, I can keep this? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, no, you can keep it. it it's yours now. Uh, apparently, there were, like, four, like, ceremonial pucks that came out of that. And mm-hmm. one of them, uh, perhaps all of them, were signed by uh, the people who were out on the ice or like were involved in the ceremonial face-off and also Howie Meeker. I don't think Howie Meeker was on the ice, but like the reason Howie Meeker was there because the, Mm -hmm. uh, because the first NHL game that uh, Queen Elizabeth ever attended was 51 years before that 2002. Um, and so they tried was, to find a guy who was still alive. They were finding a guy yeah. who was still alive who yeah. had been in that game. And Howie Meeker was actually 
in BC too. Like he lived on Vancouver Island as well. Oh, I didn't know that. That makes sense. The nice, easy connection there to have him and his wife come out to, to Vancouver and uh, come to the game and meet the queen and all that. Um, So, but like, I'll get into like what happened in that first game that she watched because that's a weird one too. Sure. But so this this puck gets signed by Howie Meeker, you know, a legend. Wayne sure. Gretzky, greatest player of all time. Of Cassie Campbell, uh, greatest uh, Olympians. Like she should be in the Hall of Fame. Certainly. She's, instead, she's on the Hockey Hall of Fame selection committee. So I don't know how that works for oh, yeah. her getting yeah. into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm so sure it's signed she'll by her way in eventually. Yeah. yeah. Gonna, so it's, it's signed by those three like legends. Yeah. And it's signed by Ed Jovanovsky. <laughs> Which is so funny. Yeah, that's amazing. The, and it's in the Royal the, like, Archives. Fifth best player on the on that team or whatever. Like uh, three so legends funny. and Ed Jovanovsky. And the puck is in the Royal Archives. Ed Jovanovsky's signature is in the Royal Archives. Ed, speaking <laughs> of the Royal Archives, another thing that I thought was interesting that I pulled from a um, uh, friend of the show, Patrick Johnson also wrote an article about this yes. from a completely different angle. And something that, uh, that he found was that uh, as part of the same sort of golden Jubilee whole thing that was happening, uh, she also received and put on display uh, the puck that Maurice Richard scored his record breaking 325th goal with. Um <laughs> And now, of so course. that so that's <laughs> on display at Buckingham Palace as well. And uh, I thought that was, I just thought that was crazy because uh, I just thought, you know, I guess for, for lack of a better way of putting it, like, it's so British to take <laughs> an important cultural artifact that has nothing to do with you and just display it somewhere um, in England just for fun. Um, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was very appropriate. Very appropriate. Yeah. Oh, man. One one of the so, yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the first game, the first mm-hmm. NHL game right. that she yes. went to, wasn't even a proper NHL game. <laughs> Again, <laughs> uh, so yeah, not like not not even a preseason game. So like, <laughs> so the first game she watched. Queen Elizabeth might be the only person in the world to have only seen preseason hockey, <laughs> and no, <laughs> so. Unfortunately, I wish that was true. Uh, I wish that was true. So she, she was like in uh, Toronto for something, but this was before she was queen. She hadn't been crowned yet. It it was like a a year in advance of that. So she was still a princess. Mm. Um, And so she uh, was happened to be in Toronto the same day as opening day for the Maple Leafs. And like, man, that would be great to see, but just it didn't quite fit the schedule. You know, she's got a tight itinerary for her job. Yes. Um, and so they arranged a one period exhibition Amazing. or rather a 15 minute exhibition, oh not even God. a full period between the Chicago Blackhawks and Toronto Maple Leafs. And they, you know, she, she could be there for that. She had enough time to, to see that. And so they, they, you know, played this 15 minute exhibition game. And then the Leafs had to go play their opening game of the <laughs> NHL season later that night and just got destroyed. <laughs> like there was quote, I, I saw quotes from like, I, I was looking at old newspaper articles where they just went, yeah, we had nothing left. We had like played our hearts out for the queen yeah. <laughs> and had nothing left oh, and man. they just got bombed. Um, That's hilarious. 
But then later that month, she went to an actual game between the Montreal Canadiens and New York Rangers. So she did actually see a, a real, proper uh, right, NHL right. game. And she only stayed she only stayed at the Canucks and Sharks preseason game for the first period. And then she... <laughs> She'd left. make a great pro scout. <laughs> oof. Oof. <laughs> oof. Uh, uh, apparently, uh, I believe it was Cassie Campbell said it, that uh, Prince Philip had asked uh, how they could watch the game on TV once they got back to their hotel. Oh, that's funny. So they could finish watching the game. That's, and that's a funny thought. I wonder yeah. if they did. I, I doubt it. Probably not, but you know, I mean, what are they, what, what else are they going to do? Like, so, so here, here to top it off too, uh, I'd mentioned Gordon Campbell was there. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, um, after this like ceremonial face off, like, you know, premier of BC has a speech to like, you know, welcome the queen or whatever. I, I can't remember the exact order of things, but this, this quote made the papers. I have no doubt your majesty that this will inspire oh. our Canucks to win their first ever Stanley Cup. <laughs> so if you want to blame someone for why the Canucks did not win the Stanley Cup in 2003, which was Naslin's best season of his yep. entire career. The best season of that whole core, really. Yeah. 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 Two, like, incredible season. Uh, if you want someone to blame for why they did not win the Stanley Cup in 2003, blame Gordon Campbell, who jinxed it on the last preseason game before the start of the season. Blame blame Gordon Campbell, a thing you have probably heard on the show before, <laughs> and a thing you will probably hear on the show again. Uh, if there there's a a reasonably decent chance that if there was a photo of him at this game in the newspaper, uh, the day after that I drew on it. Because uh, that was a thing I used to do when I was like, uh, I would have been 10, I guess, at the time and uh, nine or 10 or whatever. And um, I I like inherited a dislike of Gordon Campbell because um, my grandfather was a union electrician who uh, campaigned for Tommy Douglas way back in the like 60s or whatever. So he 10 years old, 10 years old and already a reactionary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so um yeah, no, that's a that's a pretty meaty story for uh, for such a little minute thing, honestly. Like that, that's uh, kind of, of my, good details in there. That's kind of my jam. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm not sure if you're aware. I've I've mentioned it on Twitter, but I am writing a book. Oh yeah. So I'm yeah, writing plug the book. Yeah. Well, and and I it mean, I know it'll be a while, too. but yeah it's it's not going to come out until next year this will um, be this is perfect because you know what now you'll be the second uh Pasitabulis alum to <laughs> plug a book that doesn't come out for like at least a year um yes. but the, to it, do so on roxy fever because Harrison hey, Har- harrison's book is actually coming like it, it's out it's it's uh, out basically right yeah i yeah, can't wait to read like, it it's there's a great. launch event that's happening at the vancouver public library um, ah, amazing that i'm i'm gonna be going to of course awesome. um and so uh, i've got a book that's coming out uh next fall or winter mm-hmm kind of time uh it's about the nhl draft and the canucks history at the nhl draft and so it's all the same kind of thing where i'm like looking back at a thing that happened finding all the random little details and oddities and weird things about it and trying to get to like the truth of some of the like stories about the canucks in the draft because the canucks have some really interesting 
stories surrounding the draft. There's like, you, yeah, it's easy. You can easily fill a book with that. Like the, yeah. the first moment of NHL Canucks history is an insane draft story. Absolutely like, crazy. And the, the thing that I discovered while researching that the spin of the wheel that cost mm-hmm. the Canucks Gilbert Perot yes. is that it, I discovered literally no one has told that story accurately. Oh yeah. Like 100% yeah, yeah. accurately. Certainly. There's like yeah. all these different variations on it. Like people will say like, Oh yeah, they spun the wheel and the Canucks had the even numbers and the Sabres had the odd numbers. I was like, no, yeah. no, they didn't. No, that's they didn't. not yeah, it that's at all. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to get into all of that, but like, no, that's like a really fascinating story. That's like the first chapter of the book. Um, Oh, I can't wait. There's, there's of course, like Pavel Bure drafting him in the yep. sixth round when no one thought he was eligible. Yep, that's nobody a really interesting story. That you, that he would, yeah. Nobody, uh, if 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 they if if the league had known that so, he was draftable, he would not have gone in the sixth round. Well, here's here's the thing, and this this I can say because this is like not sure. something I had to discover through research. No, no, of, of course not. Yeah, um, is that Pavel Bure was eligible for everyone to draft but only in the first three rounds interesting everyone knew it anyone could have drafted him in the first three rounds they just didn't because he was from the soviet union and they didn't think they could get him until like at the earliest after the 1994 world championships like that was crazy that they thought it was going to take that long they thought it was going to take that long no no one had a finger on the pulse of whether the soviet union was about to fall yeah (laughs) (laughs) apparently Um, because it because it was um or at least it, yeah, it was the, any team could have drafted him. Like any team could have drafted him in the third round, even just yeah, that's crazy. Like, let's give it a shot. Who knows yeah. if he'll ever come here. And like a bunch of like almost half of that third round, those players didn't even play 100 oh, NHL games. I'm sure. Yeah. So the like Canucks all... first round pick in that draft, wasn't it Jason Herter? Yes. Yeah. And like he never. Well, there's some interesting stories about that too. I talked like eighth overall or whatever. (laughs) I've talked to Mike Penny, who was uh, the the guy who Brian Burke credits for the Canucks drafting Burray at all. Oh yeah, Um, and that's that's an interesting story. Again, you'll have to read the book. Yeah, certainly, which I will. (laughs) Honestly, like parts of the Burray story, I'm probably going to put up on on the blog as like excerpts from the book because it's such a fascinating story. But but Mike Penny, like. He had been like he was with the Canucks for decades, like from 1980 until 2000. I think was his his full time wow. as like uh, as a scout, then as uh, he was eventually an assistant general manager towards the end of things. Oh, um, yeah. During uh, it was actually past 2000 because I think he he said that he said you know how Mike Keenan traded Trevor Linden. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, how that right. whole thing happened yeah. and kind of in retrospect, people go, Hey, that was a pretty good trade. Maybe Keenan did a mm. good job. And Mike Penny just went, no, Keenan didn't make that trade. <laughs> that was, that was me and Steve Tambellini who were the assistant general managers who were like the acting general manager, basically the two yeah. of them together. Totally. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we set up that whole deal. And then like, that's really Keenan, Keenan said that it was him basically. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Anyways, Mike, Keenan. Mike Penny, like, basically gave all sorts of really interesting information like jason herder was a guy who got hurt yeah like that was that was a big part of it is like well his numbers were good like i was looking at them actually he was legit like he was a good prospect i think i think he was the one who had like abdominal surgery and he just was never the same after that it was either that or hip flexors there was a couple players that the canucks drafted in the first round who were busts who like 
there was a good reason why they were busts. Oh yeah, like, I mean Josh Holden. Are... Josh Holden had like tendons in his wrist severed, and he yeah. could never like bend his wrist again, and his shot just disappeared. Is uh, just is two thousand and eight gonna get its own chapter? Because it should. That's what. Uh, that's what two thousand eight. Two thousand and eight. Uh, Hodgson, Sove, oh, Prabrai. Um, I always this is the this is the one I always talk about. Um. I think you could make like a really strong case that none of those guys would have necessarily like, I mean, obviously Hodgson made the NHL or whatever. You could make the case that like, it wouldn't have mattered either way, but it is crazy to me that all three of those guys all suffered weird freak injuries that fucked up their careers. And that, and that two of them, it was a, it happened to be a car accident. Um, yeah. And then yeah, that's Prob, interesting. And then sure. Rob Rye is also like being sued for fraud right now. Yeah, as well, so. <laughs> that's, that's an awkward story. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I will. We'll, uh, we don't have time to get into that today, but we will get uh, get to it on a later episode because, yeah, yeah that, I, I don't uh, know if I'll have room for like a, a whole chapter on 2008. I, I think Hodson will probably get a mention in uh, in one of the sidebars that I'm working on. But nice. like, OK, there's so many other stories. to oh, there's tell. so much. Stuff, Obviously, like, like the Sedin, the whole Sedin thing, yeah, and all the course. trades that had to happen in order to draft those guys second and third. And like that's a bizarre one too because that maybe doesn't happen uh without the tampa bay lightning getting sold uh just before the draft wow Um, yeah because they were they were set to pick first overall and and the the gm i think it was rick dudley Mm -hmm. uh he he wasn't gm yet basically like he couldn't oh, wow. officially be gm because he was still under contract to a previous team um, my brain is not remembering exactly who it was but like that's that's a whole thing he didn't have authority to make trades until the day before the draft that's wild because the the old owner hadn't was had actually stepped in and like uh canceled like vetoed some trades that he had tried to make already. So if that, if, (laughs) if that sale doesn't go through the day before the draft and Rick Dudley doesn't get authority to make trades without having ownership oversight, maybe the Canucks never get the Sedins. Yeah, that's crazy. And then, yeah, I mean, there's so (laughs) much that like, there's so much stuff that you can, that you can do. Like there's all the stuff you mentioned. There's also like Schneider Horvat. Like that's a whole fucking Schneider Horvat. That's a chapter. Uh, Obviously like even just going into how the Canucks uh, drafted Stan Smeal and Trevor Linden and, you know, like the great players, Ryan Kessler, that draft was, was a, greatest draft of all time basically like yeah you look at that first round and it's incredible except for Hugh Jessamon um <laughs> yes and like Alex Edler getting him out of like a, a quote beer league in Sweden like that's yeah that's fascinating too like there's, there's just so many stories I'm having just a wonderful time researching all of this finding all these like weird connections and oddball things um one of my favorites is that uh Stan Smeal's uh coach with the new Westminster Bruins uh his name was nickname was Punch just like uh Punch Imlach was uh the the guy with the Sabres but this was Punch McLean there were multiple punches a thing a lot of Vancouver fans would like to do probably oh (laughs) (laughs) but but here's just a random thing Punch McLean 
Stan Smeal's coach with the New Westminster Bruins. He was literally born in a coal mine. Wow. Uh, <laughs> he was literally born in a coal mine because it, I think where, where he was, uh, where, where his family was living, uh, northern Saskatchewan, it was too cold in his house. That's so amazing. His, his mom goes into labor and they're like, well, you can't give birth in this house. It's way too cold. Head to the coal mine. <laughs> literally Man. born in a coal mine. Canada was completely <laughs> up until like 30 years ago, the most just insane country. Um, yeah. Hugh, Hugh. And on a final note, uh, Hugh Jessamine, my favorite one-off Simpsons character. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I've kept you very late um so i think that's a good that's as good a place to close it out as any um thanks for joining me thanks for taking these trips down memory lane with me um what's the book gonna be called do you know yet uh, yes the book is going to be part of a series with triumph books called on the clock so the full title will be on the clock behind the scenes with the vancouver canucks at the nhl draft beauty yeah and uh where can the good people find you the good people can find me at Pasitabulis on Twitter, on at uh, VancouverIsAwesome.com. Uh, you can also go, just go to Pasitabulis.com and get to me directly. Uh, the bad people can find me on Instagram at Pasitabulis <laughs> and on TikTok at Pasitabulis. You have a TikTok? I have a TikTok that I do not use anywhere Brilliant. near as much as I should. I, yeah, I really enough. should because, you know, I got to connect with the youngins. That's right. Yeah, the you know, Zoomers. That's what the zoomers and the teens got to yeah. connect with that audience. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole future <laughs> generation of Pasitabulis heads out there. Well, thanks. Yeah. We, we call them, we call them boolies around here. Ah, nice. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that just about does it for today's episode. You can follow me on Twitter at McDonald and follow the show at Roxy Fever. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com slash roxyfever, where we should have a new Heritage Minute up fairly soon. Uh, you can send your hate mail to really just the entire United Kingdom, but uh, particularly to the new Canadian head of state, Charles III, because for some reason we still have a king in 2022. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.